Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Good afternoon, folks. This is Steve Moore. This is the More Money Show, and this is WABC Talk Radio, the number one talk radio station in these United States of America. So thank you so much for joining. Our ratings are great on this station and for this show, so I want to to salute uh, my regular listeners for tuning in. And for new listeners, I hope you enjoy the show. We talk about the intersection between What's happening in Wall Street, what's happening with your personal finances, a little bit of politics, uh, and a little bit about how to make money in these turbulent times. I hope everybody's having a wonderful Saturday afternoon in this great, great country of America. And I want to start by talking about a few issues, and then I will be taking your calls uh, sometime around the bottom of the hour on the More Money Hotline. That's uh, 1-800-848-9222. Uh, for those who want to call in and uh, have your voice heard, please do. That number is 1-800-848-9222 for the More Money Hotline. Or uh, one, an, an easier way to understand, uh, uh, remember, the uh, phone number is one 800 848 W-A-B-C. So uh, call in because I want your opinion on a couple of things. And incidentally, I I say this every week, but I will repeat for new listeners. I want to hear from people who disagree with me. This is Freedom of Speech Radio. If you are uh, more of a liberal uh, orientation, if you have kind of a socialist inclination, if you don't believe the free market is the best Best path to prosperity, as my buddy Larry Kudlow would say. I would love to hear from you. I also love to hear from the ladies, by the way. We have a lot of men who call in, uh, but I find that uh, the ladies sometimes have more wisdom in their uh, in their viewpoints about what's happening with this country sometimes than the men do. In the Moore household, my wife pays the bills, so she's more uh, – she's more focused on what's happening with the finances of our household and our country sometimes than I am. I don't know if that's true of your household, but my wife, she's the one, she's the bookkeeper and she does a great job of it. So I want to talk about a couple issues in this opening segment. One is uh, I'm going to deviate a little bit from economics. Uh, talk a little bit about politics here. Uh, it concerns me that this president seems to be, attacking so viciously people who he disagree with disagrees with he keeps calling republicans maga republicans those evil maga republicans who are a threat to democracy by the way maga as you know stands for make america great again and i one of the things that turned me on to trump back in 2000 late 2015 when i first started working with him and advising him 
was I love this theme of make America great again. And I love, love, love the theme of putting America first, because I believe that is what every president should do, um, is put the interests of the American people and American businesses and American society ahead of other countries. That doesn't mean we don't care about what happens in the rest of the world, but our responsibility, just like if you're a parent, you're, you're a parent, you're responsible for your own kids, right? The uh, care and up uh, bringing of your kids. Uh, obviously, you care about other people's kids, but you care the most about your own kids because those are the ones who you have a responsibility to and you have a genetic connection to. And so I'm wondering, and I'm just positing this question. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, actually. Sometimes I wonder whether liberals love our country. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes I wonder whether liberals actually have a patriotic love for these great United States of America. And to even say that sometimes is to be accused of being jingoistic. It's old-fashioned to be uh, red, white, and blue. But I am. You cut me, and I bleed red, white, and blue. For all our faults as a country, and we have faults, we're, we're not perfect people by any means. I really believe that this is the greatest country on earth. And I believe there is no country that even comes close to the United States in terms, at least not any major country. There may be some small countries that I'm not even aware of, but I'm talking about of the major countries that matter. The United States is the it country. It's the place that everyone wants to come to. And I believe that we should be, a, we have a patriotic duty to celebrate the greatness of America. That's why when I hear Joe Biden say things like, America is a systemically racist country. I cringe when I hear a, a president of the United States calls our own country and our own people fundamentally racist. That's not to say there isn't racism. There's racism. Hey, wake up, folks. There's racism in every single country on the planet. Uh, and I'm going to make the case to you that the country, this great country of ours, the United States, is the least, the least systemically racist country on the planet. And that is because we have um, assimilated people from all different places of the world, all different skin colors, red, brown, black, people of different ethnicities, people of different religions. We are a true melting pot. And that is a great thing about America. We are the I was giving a speech this morning uh, at the Freedom Works conference in Florida, and I was making the point we are the greatest uh, multi-ethnic success story in the history of civilization. No other nation has assimilated so many people with so many varied backgrounds the United States has. And again, we're not perfect. If you're a black American and you feel the racism, and there is racism out there, as my uh, buddy um, uh, Tim Scott, the uh, senator from um, South Carolina, who I think is going to run for president. I hope he does. He is a black American. And he said he has been pulled over in South Carolina for the crime of being black. So, yes, there is racism. No question about it. What I'm saying is that we are still a great country and that black Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, Indian Americans, on balance, do very well in this country, and they do better than they would in just about any other country. That's why people want to come here. And so my question is, here's something. Why is it that, let, let's say you're just going down the street in an average 
town in America or New York or New Jersey or Connecticut, or I know we have uh, listeners really in every state. If you go down Main Street, USA, and go some into some of the neighborhoods, you'll see people with American flags in front of their household. And I can almost assure you, and this isn't, you know, always the case, but it is the case in most instances, that if someone is has an American flag hanging in front of their home, I'm going to guess that person's a Republican. Because Democrats don't really share this allegiance to this great country. And so that troubles me, frankly. I want to see everyone acknowledge our faults, but celebrate our greatness as a country. So that is point number one. Point number two. A big story that is not getting a lot of attention right now is that the United Auto Workers, one of America's biggest unions and an industrial union, has basically said, we may not endorse Joe Biden for president. Hmm, That's interesting. You know, the union bosses all over the country are so all in for the Democrats and all so in for Joe Biden that that surprised me. And when I saw the statement by the president of the uh, UAW, and I apologize, his name is escaping me right now. I don't have it right in front of me. Um, He said, you know what? Joe Biden wants all these vehicles that are being sold over the next 10, 15 years to be electric vehicles. But he said, you know, that's not good for the unions. We make American cars. We make cars with combustible engines. And more more and more of the cars and the parts for the electric vehicles are not made in the United States. They're made somewhere else. So this push to electric vehicles is costing America good union jobs. I thought, He's right about that. You know, if you care about American jobs, why don't we produce the cars that Americans want and the produce the cars uh, that are the um, we're the best at? We make really great cars in the United States, and the electric vehicles are made in you know other countries like China. So, I was wondering why is it that so many union bosses don't understand that the the radical green agenda of the left, and that this is this uh, obsession with climate change. And folks, I don't get in debates about the science of climate change. I know people call in and say, this is happening, that's happening. Let's just say that nobody knows what's going to happen to the temperature of the planet in the next 25 years. Nobody knows. They can have a hard time uh, telling us what the temperature is going to be in two weeks, let alone 20 years or 50 years or 100 years for that matter. And so why is it that so many of the union bosses, excuse me, not just the UAW, but I'll give you another example. The United Mine Workers, uh, they should not be supporting Joe Biden, right? I mean, Joe Biden hates mining. He's tried to shut down mines in America. He's not allowing us to mine for coal and copper and uranium and all the other incredible, for the precious metals. No country has more minerals than the United States. And Joe Biden won't allow us to mine for those. So uh, he says it's going <coughs> to, excuse me, despoil the environment. But if that's your view and you're not going to allow mining, how can the mining workers of the Association of America support Joe Biden? He doesn't want mining jobs. Uh, Donald Trump does. Ron DeSantis does. The Republicans do. <laughs> so I have a problem with that. Give you another example. 
I can tell I'm getting excited here. I'm getting all choked up. So how about the pipe fitters? The Pipe Fitters Association, I forget what that union is called, they endorsed Joe Biden for president. Huh? How can you be a pipe fitter and be for Joe Biden when the first thing he did when he came into office was kill thousands of pipe fittering jobs when he killed the Keystone Pipeline? And my point is, and I'd love to hear from some, if you are a card-carrying union member, not a teacher's union, not a, look, the government employees unions, they're all in for the Democrats. The Democrats want to grow government. So that makes sense. It doesn't make sense to me if you're a private sector union worker and you're seeing Biden destroy industrial jobs in America. Why are you endorsing Joe Biden? And if look, I want I'm going to ask my producer, if you're a union worker, an industrial union worker, please call in and tell me, do you agree with the labor bosses? who are saying vote for these guys, even though they have a radical green agenda that is destroying your potential livelihood. In other words, the left wants a what they call a blue-green alliance. If you get what I'm saying, blue as in blue-collar worker, green as in radical green environmentalists. And I'm saying, no, there can't be an alliance between the environmentalists and the, and the union workers. The environmentalists are trying to destroy the union jobs. Wake up, America. This is what they're trying to do. And they're doing that by not using our oil, our gas, our coal. They're not doing the mining. They're not doing the pipe fitting. They're not building infrastructure. So I would love to hear from a union member. Explain to me how it is that the union bosses are in favor of policies that are killing your job. So, Mr. Producer, when we get to that segment, let's let the union members come forward and I want to hear them either defend or criticize these union policies because they make no sense to me. I'm not anti-union. I'm anti. I'm, I'm against forcing people to join a union. But every American has a right to join a union if they want to. And what I'm telling you, folks, is Biden's policies are killing union jobs. OK, there I said it. All right, folks, we will be back in just uh, a few minutes. Uh, this is the More Money Show. I'm economist Steve Moore. And next up, we will go to our famous segment with two famous stockbrokers, uh, Ryan and Bob Payne, on the More Money Show on WBC Talk Radio. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is the More Money Show. This is WBC Talk Radio. Now we turn to our money and finance segment with uh, two of the best in the business, Bob and Ryan Payne. Gentlemen, thanks as always. Let's get right down to it. You guys have been bullish. We got a good jobs report, uh, which really turned around the market on Friday. What does this tell us about where people should be putting their money? Well, Steve, the best place to invest your money long-term has always been the, the stock market. Um, and what a lot of folks don't seem to realize is this market's bottom back in October, and if you've been sitting on the sidelines, you've missed a 17% move in the S&P 500 and almost a 20% yep. move in global securities. Meanwhile, rates are coming down. The bond market's getting stronger. Ryan, do you agree? Yeah, I mean, look, the proof's in the pudding. Um, if you look at it right now, obviously all the economic data continues to come in better than expected. You know, we had growth in the first quarter. 
to your point today, the jobs number on Friday came out fantastic. So I, I think it's like you don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows, to quote Bob Dylan. And I think the bottom line is we may avoid a recession here. And if you're not long, Steve, you're wrong. So a lot of economists are forecasting a recession starting in later this summer. And uh, though they've been wrong, uh, the economists have generally been wrong about the economy over the last year or so. And so the big concern now has been the banks, the regional banks. And um, so there is a worry that there will be a contagion effect from some of the bank failures we've seen in recent weeks. Uh, how bad do you think that could be and how much could that disrupt the market? You know, we've gotten a lot of questions from our clients. They're, they're concerned about the safety of, of their bank deposit. But it turns out there's only 1% of all bank deposits that are uninsured. Like 99% of all bank right. deposits are under the $250,000 insurance levels. So there's really no concern on the part of investors. And, and if there's going to be a contagion, Steve, the market would sniff that out a long time ago. And it's, it's, kind right. of, it's hard to believe the market's been going straight up since Silicon Valley, the first bank to go under. You know, happened over a month ago. Uh, so what about the idea of the, you know, the higher interest rates affecting bank balance sheets, you know, as the value of their bonds go down? Why and how big is that a, of a problem is that? Yeah. Well, I think it's a problem that's already known. And, you know, one thing right. we talk about when we as investors is it's not the known unknowns that get you. <laughs> it's the things <laughs> that can't predict. Right. Like it's what nobody it's knows that can kill you. That's it. Yeah, um, right. Exactly. So I think it's it's widely known. I think it's widely priced in. I mean, regional banks are down huge uh, since the SVB or the Silicon Valley Bank news. So I think a lot of the bad news is priced in. Your your bigger risk here is surprises in the positive. So uh, Bob, you just made a really important point, which is ninety nine percent of investors uh, are safe in their deposits because people are nervous about this when they read the headlines about another bank failing. So you're saying people don't really have to worry at all about their deposits. And you think fundamentally, because I do, that the banking system is out. Yeah, I really do. And I think the, I think the real risk here, Steve, and my biggest fear, and it's what we've been helping our clients with, is the, I think the knee-jerk reaction is, oh, my goodness, I can get five and a quarter percent in a T-bill, a Treasury bill, you know, why would I invest in risk assets? Well, while you're sitting there, you know, investing in this high-quality asset, meanwhile, the stock market's going up, and you're missing out on the long-term returns, which is really what investing for retirement is about, is, you know, owning stocks and bonds and investing for the long-term, not for what's going to happen tomorrow. How do you guys define the long-term when it comes to investing? Because, you know, I kind of you tell people, when you know, if you're in for five years or more, but some people say 10 years or more. So when you guys talk about, you know, be in the market for the long term. What what time horizon are you talking about? Right. Well, I think it is a good rule of thumb with stocks, you know, five years plus. But I think the other big mistake investors are going to make here, Steve, and Bob and I talk about this a lot, is it's so seductive to put your money into a one-year treasury paying 5% and you think you're doing the right thing. And you're, you're going to say to yourself, well, I'll wait till the market settles down. Well, number one, markets never settle down. They settle up. <laughs> um, and number two, when that 5% comes due in a year, there's a good chance interest rates are lower. So you have huge reinvestment risk. So I think lo lo you know, logging into or locking into a longer-term bond portfolio here uh, makes a lot of sense as well because if rates go down, you want to protect some of those yields, yields and you want to grab them for longer. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of investors are making right now. 
So everybody is betting right now that the Fed is done raising rates. And in fact, I've seen a lot of economists predict that and investment advisors predict that um, they will uh, start to cut rates this summer. Uh, what is your guys' best bet? Well, I think that uh, I think that they're absolutely right. I think that the Federal Reserve is pausing at this point. They made a lot of noise at the conference this week that that's really where they are. They wouldn't, you know, commit to it. Obviously, they're going to be data dependent. Um, whether they cut or not, you know, that could come later. But I think the bond market's already telling you that uh, rates are coming down, inflation's coming down. Um, but meanwhile, the stock market's been going up with all this negativity, and that's the problem, Steve. Everybody's thinking. Wow, this is all this bad stuff. It didn't take the market down now. Why do they think it's going to take it down later? It's not. And whether the rates come down or not, markets always tend to go higher over time. So, you know, the, the trend is your friend if you're a long-term investor. When I talk about long-term, you're investing for your whole life, and, and everybody's living longer. So you don't, you know, want to be too conservative here. You want to be invested for that long-term as long as you think you're going to live, and you're going to live longer than you think. Well, that's what I love about you guys is you're sticking with your bullish assessment. One last thing on the way out, gentlemen. Um, we have a report uh, that we're coming out with looking at some of the so-called ESG investing of some of these big money management firms, J.P. Morgan, BlackRock, State Street, uh, and others. And what we found was that uh, many of these, not all, but many of these you know, mega money management firms are uh, voting in shareholder meetings for all sorts of crazy ESG uh, initiatives like, you know, how many uh, transgender bathrooms you have to have and, you know, divest <laughs> in oil and gas companies and plastic companies and this and that. And that has made a lot of investors nervous about how safe their money is and whether their uh, investment firms are actually looking out for their best interests. Because in my opinion, that is a violation of the fiduciary duty to put their politics ahead of, you know, the, the uh, returns that they're invest they're getting for their clients. And I just want to be assured that you're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely agnostic um, you know, when it comes <laughs> okay. to investing. <laughs> you know, we uh, we want to get the best return. And, and also, I, I suspect, I'm, call me a cynic, Steve, but a lot of this ESG investing was a, an excuse for Wall Street firms to charge more fees on those portfolios. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it all comes down to money at the end of the day. So the hypocrisy there is, uh, yeah. you know, you could go on for days about that. But no, I think it's at the end of the day, you know, it really is about getting the best return. ESG is such a such a broad gray area that you can't really put real analytics around it. So, you know, that's not really our philosophy. Here at Payne Capital Management. So I can tell my friends and my family and uh, my listeners that uh, Payne Capital Management is not doing ESG investing and not investing in these crazy uh, things that can lower the return. You're getting the best return you can for your clients. Is that right, Bob? That's correct, Steve. You got to tell your friends and your family and all your listeners, <laughs> if there's no pain, there's no gain. Get your account over to pain capital management. I thought so, gentlemen. I just wanted to get you on the record on that. That is Bob and Ryan Payne, two of the best in the business. Thank you, gentlemen. As always, we'll be right back. This is the More Money Show on WABC. And if you're thinking to yourself right now, okay, I get it. Bob Ryan, the world is not going to end. In fact, the world doesn't end very often. Well, here's your shot to get a second opinion on your retirement portfolio, your retirement plan. Make sure you're financially independent. Uh, we have 10 slots open. If you saved over a million dollars for your retirement plan, Bob and I will run for you our total financial master plan. We'll do that with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review. We literally look at 
everything. We go as far as building you, your own personalized financial portal, give you a bird's eye view of your entire net worth. There's no other firm out there that will do this work up front. We're going to hone in on every single issue you need to address today. Do you have an income plan for retirement? How are you going to draw from your portfolio without running out of money? How do you take Social Security? We're going to put together a full income game plan so you can draw from your portfolio over the rest of your life. We're going to look at diversification. Markets have been extremely volatile. The world's been extremely uncertain. Have you been just sitting around paralysis by analysis, sitting with too much money in cash, trying to figure out what to do? Or have you been taking way too much risk with your portfolio, afraid to make a move? Well, we're going to put together a full investment game plan, show you how to diversify your money, grow your money, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street loves to sell you high cost, fee laden, tax inefficient products, and those annuities, insurance products, mutual funds, brokerage products. We're going to go through every single investment you own, a deep dive, show you where all the hidden costs are, show you how to reduce that cost and optimize your portfolio for taxes. It's not what you make. It's what you take. You'll get our full tax playbook. We literally have 10 slots open for the whole show. If you call or text right now, if you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next 10 callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will help you to create your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost. No strings attached, but you won't have a plan if you don't text or call right now. 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844 844- Plan NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. So, Bob, you know, at our firm, Payne Capital Management, of course, that's uh, P-A-Y-N-E here in New York City. Uh, we have an office in Pennsylvania and also one in Jacksonville, Florida. You know, we spend a lot of time helping baby boomers in what we call that financial red zone, right? Whether you're five years out, 10 years out from retirement or retired now, there's a lot of basis that you really need to cover. So I thought we could discuss some of those bigger issues that we address for the 2,000 or so families that our listeners say really need to think about when they're putting together their own financial plan. Well, you know, Rod, one of the things that we're discovering is that most of you haven't accounted for your longevity in your, in your plan. So health care is going to become a huge number for all of us. We're living longer. We're, we're healthier. Uh, they're coming up with more innovations in healthcare every day. And one of the things that a lot of you are prepared for is what are you going to do to cover those health insurance costs and how are you insuring, you know, for your health insurance costs? Yeah, it's a big deal because when we run retirement projections now, we always look at like during retirement, what if a quarter of a million dollars had to come out of your portfolio for healthcare costs? Does that affect your lifestyle? And I think that's a question that most of us don't ask ourselves and we don't model that out, but it's huge. And the other question becomes, do you self-insure? You know, do you just take money from your portfolio if, God forbid, you have health issues in retirement, or do you get a long-term care policy? And depending on your age, depending on affordability, you know, it's not really a cut and dry answer. It's something that uniquely we got to figure out for you. So that's something you really got to sit down and think about, and you have to factor it into your plan. And I can tell you, most of you haven't done it, and it's a big deal. 
Well, it's it's not a big deal to make a couple of tweaks while you're able to do that, right? Like it's a matter of, you know, just rearranging your portfolio in a way that'll grow maybe a little faster, a little higher to overcome those costs without taking on a hot, lot higher risk. And I'll tell you, the other question I get all the time, Rye, is when is the best time to take Social Security? Do you want to take it early? Do you want to take it late? Um, is there, you know, some cookie cutter approach that everybody follows? You know, what is your advice on Social Security? Well, yeah, I mean, number one, there is no right way to take it. It's what's right for you, right? Because depending on maybe you retired early, it may make sense to take it earlier, even though you get a lower benefit. Well, it takes you to age, you know, 80 in a lot of cases to make up the difference. If you wait from full retirement to age 70, a lot of people will say, I'm going to wait to age 70. I get the higher benefit. Well, again, if it takes you to age 80 to make up that difference, the question becomes, how lucky do you feel? <laughs> right? So you really have to look at a lot of those other variables around it. And I would say for, for every one of our clients, not everyone's taking it the same way. It doesn't make sense to take it the same way for everybody. You got to figure out for your unique situation. And it's a, such an important decision to make. Social security, you know, that's, that's a real part of your income strategy that has to be factored in. Yeah, it truly does. And it's, uh, it really is. There is no simple solution. Again, having a unique financial plan, uh, you want to make sure that you're absolutely, you know, have a unique strategy, a withdrawal strategy or claiming strategy, if we call it, when it comes to Social Security. So, right, if, you know, other than Social Security, you want to live off your portfolio in retirement, how do you know which account to draw from first? Well, this is where the art and the science of your retirement plan, right? Because it really comes down to structuring it in a certain way that you're doing it to optimize taxes, right? A lot of what we think about is just like, how do you do things where you pay the least amount of tax? <laughs> the least amount of government partnership is good. <laughs> so it really does come down to designing your strategy where, you know, do you take from your retirement accounts early? In some cases, maybe. Do you convert some of that money to Roth IRA where it's tax-free? Um, do you take from your regular brokerage or savings portfolios where the taxes are going to be less? So, you know, a lot of that has to be factored in and you really want to optimize it for taxes. And there's, again, you know, it really depends on your situation. There's a lot of different tweaks that can be done there when figuring out the best way to draw from your portfolio. And it's not a blanketed, I'll just take from you know my retirement accounts first, or I'll take my brokerage accounts first. It's a really critical part of the financial planning process. Yeah, it really is amazing. I mean, how many cases have we've gone through have helped people with, you know, just making sure their portfolio went from tax inefficiency to being tax efficient, right? It's a difference between being able to stay retired and, and, and not running out of money by simply managing the tax portion of the government take of your portfolio. So it's really critical that you that you take a hard look at that. And it, you know, and it, a lot of us have you know lots of money, right? In our four hundred one k and our retirement plans. Um, you know, is it a good time now to do a rollover with your four hundred one k? Is it something that uh, you just ignore? You know, what's your what's your strategy with four hundred one ks these days? Well, the problem is right, you have a very limited menu of options in your 401k. And when you're over 59 and a half, even if you're still working a lot of times, you can roll some of that money into an individual retirement account for yourself. You can get a lot more flexibility with options. And the other problem is, Bob, your retirement accounts become a ticking tax time bomb. You know, right now at age 73, you have to start taking from your retirement portfolios. And that can be a big dollar amount, which can push your tax bracket up a lot. Um, so right now, because taxes are historically low and that could change in the next two years, and we talk about this a lot, but it's a good time to look at, do you convert some of your retirement money now before you have to take money out to tax-free Roth money where the income's completely tax-free over your life 
and over your heir's life. You know, Rod, that's great advice. And I know a lot of you are sitting there listening right now going, ah, well, that's for rich people. That doesn't apply to me. I, you know, that's for other people to worry about. Well, you know, it's something that everybody has to worry about because the government wants that money. They want to tax that money. So they're making it more and more palatable to put money in, but they also want to get that money out sooner. And a lot of your earlier planning, you were thinking, I'm going to be in a lower tax bracket. But we've seen many, many clients who are now pushed into a higher tax bracket because they're taking out you know, money from the retirement plan. And then the inherited IRA, you've got to take out over 10 years. So, you know, your generation, right, is going to be in a higher tax bracket force because their parents did a good job of planning and getting money to you. So tax planning is critical. Whether you've done the planning in the past, you need to revisit it right now. Yeah, and these are just the basics that you need to cover that most of you aren't doing. We see it every week. We look at about 50 portfolios a month. We know exactly what's going on. And if you're thinking to yourself right now, like, I got to get on top of this. When do I take Social Security? How do I build an income plan for my portfolio? How do I draw from my portfolio in the right way where I pay the least amount of tax? Here's your shot to do it. We're down to five slots left. If you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement, Bob and I will run for you our now famous total financial master plan. We'll do that with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review. We will go through everything. There's not a firm out there that will do this work up front. We go as far as building you, your own personalized financial portal. We're going to get a bird's eye view of your entire financial picture. We're going to hone in on every issue you need to address today, whether it's an income plan for retirement. How do you draw from your portfolio? What's the best way to do it? We're going to put together that full dynamic income plan factoring in taxes and inflation. We're going to look at diversification. Markets have been extremely volatile. Has your portfolio gotten hit hard here as markets have been all over the place? Or have you been sitting with way too much money in cash? Paralysis by analysis, trying to figure out what to do. We're going to put together a full investment game plan, show you how to grow your money, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street loves to sell you high cost, tax inefficient products, whether it's an annuity, a mutual fund, insurance products, brokerage products. We're going to do a deep dive of every investment you own. We're going to show you where all the hidden costs are. We're going to show you how to reduce all the costs on your portfolio and optimize your portfolio for taxes. It's not what you make. It's what you take. And literally, we're going to tie it all together in one total financial master plan. We have five slots left if you saved over a million dollars for your retirement. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. 6692, or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next five callers and you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement, our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will help you to create your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no strings attached, but you won't have a plan if you don't text or call 844 752 6692, that's 844-752-6692, or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Hey, if you want to learn more about myself and Bob, check us out. Go to bebullish.com. That's bebullish.com. You can check out our podcast, Pain Points of Wealth. Learn a little more about our firm. Simply go to bebullish.com. Stay tuned. We got more, more money coming your way. W-A-B-C. Hey, this is Ryan Payne filling for Bob for this week's market update. And this week on the Street of Dreams, stocks rallied hard on Friday, breaking a four-day losing streak led by regional bank shares climbing off their lows and market-leading Apple 
jumping to within three points of its all-time record high after posting better-than-expected quarterly results. Despite Friday's rally, the Dow and the S&P logged their worst week since March. The 30-stock Dow lost 1.24%, while the S&P 500 dropped 0.8%. The Nasdaq eked out a small weekly gain of 0.7%. Stocks rose even as April's jobs number came in hotter than expected. The U.S. economy added 253,000 jobs in April, exceeding Wall Street expectations of 180,000 new jobs. The rebound for regional bank stocks was boosted by a note from J.P. Morgan, which upgraded several banks to an overweight opinion. Shares of regional bank companies have been under pressure this week as traders fear other banking institutions could suffer the same fate as Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, and First Republic Bank. It was a busy week for investors, which saw the Federal Reserve once again raise interest rates by another 25 basis points. However, the current consensus in the financial market seems to be that the Federal Open Market Committee is done hiking and will pause any future hikes for now. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell and company are trying to thread the needle to lower inflation with higher interest rates without causing a major recession. Can they do it? Only time will tell. Stay tuned. So another volatile week in what's been a very volatile six months. The S&P 500 has experienced 21 daily drops between 1% and 2% since October's low and five drops between 2 and 3%. That's much downside volatility, which creates tremendous uncertainty and no doubt makes us feel all a little uneasy. The good news? The S&P 500 is actually up 17.6% since October, and the MSCI World Index is doing even better, up over 20%. Yes, we have strong double-digit returns, returns that would look great for a full year, never mind just a little more than halfway through 2023, despite negative headlines of rate hikes, recession, inflation, debt ceiling, trade tensions, and three U.S. bank failures. That is a lot for markets to deal with, yet deal with it they have demonstrating once again the winning strategy for investors is time in the markets, not timing the markets. So if your goal is to achieve your financial goals over your lifetime, the best time to invest will almost always be now. Short-term volatility is impossible to time, and waiting for the perfect entry point means not only do you miss those returns in real time, but you miss the opportunity to participate in the greatest money-making machine in history, compounding your interest and dividends. So if you're thinking to yourself, you need to get on top of your investment portfolio, your retirement plan, well, here's your shot to do it. If you saved over a million dollars, call or text at 8752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore.
All right, let's do it, folks. Uh, this is the More Money Show. This is Steve Moore. Thanks for joining us. Um, I just want to get back to this issue that we were talking about a little bit earlier on the show, which is, do you think that that the union bosses are representing the union members? And I say that because I saw the United Auto Workers have basically uh, said that they're not going to endorse or they may not endorse Joe Biden this year. And I thought, well, gee, what took so long? Joe Biden is saying he doesn't want to make cars anymore. He doesn't want the United States to make cars, or at least not the cars that people want to buy. He wants all the cars built in America to be electric vehicles. And that's going to cost tens and tens of thousands of union jobs at the United Auto Workers. So why would they endorse him? Why did they endorse him in the first place? Why did they endorse him in 2020 when no president did more for union workers than Donald Trump did with the big economic boom that we had when Trump was president. I wonder why it is that the steel workers uh, would endorse uh, Biden. Why would the truckers association, you see that uh, the liberals want to get rid of diesel trucks in America. So that's going to cost a lot of trucking jobs. What about the pipe fitters? Why are they endorsing Joe Biden? Why, in other words, why are all these unions endorsing a president whose policy is to deindustrialize America and cost us all jobs? I'm so, I don't really get the logic of that unless they're just not representing their rank and file members, the people who need these jobs to put food on their table and to have uh, to take care of their families. And so the question I have, and I would love to hear from some of our listeners who are actual union members, and I'm not talking about public sector unions, but government union workers love Joe Biden because they love big government and Joe Biden loves big government. I'm talking about in the private sector, in the industrial sector of America, why are these folks endorsing um, Joe Biden? And so I'll take your calls on that. And I would also love to take your calls, if I may, on the issue of, do you think that Democrats actually love America. Now, I know that's a broad question, and I'm really talking about the political class in Washington, but my observation is that when I see a house, when I'm traveling, I travel all over this country, when I see a house with American flag flying in front of it, 80% of the times, that's a Republican household, not a Republican household. And so I wonder why it is, are Democrats embarrassed to wag an American flag. When you saw the protesters in the streets uh, during the summer of 2020 protesting against American racism, did you see any American flags? I didn't. I saw some people burning American flags, but I didn't see any of these liberal protesters celebrating America. So I wonder about that, too. I want to ask people, do you think that uh, Democrats in Washington, in Washington, care about the American people? And I'm not so sure that they do. So uh, with that, let us get to the call line. Mr. Producer, I'm ready to take callers. I'm going to give everybody that more money hotline one more time. It's 800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And let me know if, uh, if you agree with me or disagree with me on these. And if you're a union member, I want you calling because you got to explain to me why the unions are endorsing a president who's trying to destroy union jobs. Mr. Producer, who is our first caller, please? 
Our first caller is Jerry from New Brunswick, New Jersey. Jerry, thanks for calling. What do you got for us, sir? Steve, uh, thanks for taking the call. This is a little circular, but I hear all the time people, uh, conservative people, come on shows, and they keep saying the same thing. And I guess these union members are saying the same thing. We just we can't understand what Biden's doing. We, these policies seem so irrational. And yet Joe is telling us every day what he's doing. He's saving the planet. Why is it that we don't listen to that? And a lot of these policies you're talking about with the cars and all the rest of it stem from this idiotic nonsense that he's pushing about saving the planet. I couldn't agree more. And it's a good call because all of these ideas, the climate change agenda is really all about um, stopping economic progress. And it's about deindustrializing. It's like going back to the Stone Ages. We're not going to have enough electric power. We're not going to have cars. We're not going to have gas stoves. We're not going to have air conditioning. You see, they have these new, these new um, regulations on air conditioning. Um, every appliance they want to regulate and they want to get rid of. And because they feel like America is responsible for so many of the problems in this country. And so, folks, I just believe that this agenda, that is the radical green agenda, is not compatible with an agenda that's trying to create good-paying jobs for good-paying Americans and hardworking Americans who are working in construction or mining or oil and gas development or uh, people who are in um, industries like pipe fitting and, and people who are by building cars in America. Their jobs are being in, put in jeopardy in my case. But if you don't, in my opinion, if you don't believe that I'm right, I want to hear from you. Mr. Producer, who's our next caller, please? Our next caller is Judy from Brooklyn. Judy, thanks so much for calling in. What have you got for us? Hello. Hi, Judy. Hi. Um, I just wanted to tell you about, about the flag. Um, the, the reason that the, you know, the flag is Republican is because the other people, they're ashamed of our flag, that group. They would like to change the flag, in fact. So that, that could be why. Wait, 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 wait. Hold, hold on. You're saying they want to change our flag? Yeah, you know, the, the group, the, the progressives, they really don't like our flag. They would like to change it altogether, and that could be why they, they don't, don't put it out. Wait and a minute, also, you're they, don't want the, they don't want the stars and stripes? Yeah, they want to change the, the flag. They, they're trying to change the oh format of the country. They're trying to. This is what I've heard. You know, as a matter of fact, I'm not going to say who, but even a, a news, um, uh, another host on another show, he I couldn't believe my ears. Uh, he uh, doesn't uh, celebrate the Fourth of July. Neither did Obama, yeah, I, because they feel that that was only directed to the founders, which yeah. is not the which um, put it like this. They don't look like them. Yeah. Okay. Judy, great so call. They, you know what? Here's the here's the problem, um, and I, I think you're right. I've noticed that recently in the last few years that fewer and fewer of my liberal friends are celebrating the Fourth of July, which is our Independence Day, because they don't believe in the greatness of our founding fathers. And by the way, these were not pe- pe- uh, these were not perfect people, right? But they were pretty great people. I've always said that the assemblage of people who uh, came to Philadelphia and met and founded our country and wrote the Constitution was the greatest assemblage of the greatest minds in the history of the planet. And they weren't perfect people. I was just out at Mount Vernon, which is in Washington, D.C. Of course, you all know that that was George Washington's home. 
George Washington, I think, was arguably one of the three or five greatest Americans in our history. But there were slave quarters there. So, yes, George Washington was a slaveholder. Um, and I don't understand how you could justify that. But I will say this, that uh, he treated his slaves well by every account. And he really did believe in the freedom for all people. And so my point is, let's not judge everyone by these current times that we're living in, because I think everybody is a scoundrel. Everyone who came before us is a scoundrel. If you're going to hold them up to today's standards of behavior and and today's norms, Uh, we're taking your calls this afternoon on the more money show. I want to hear from people who might disagree with me on these issues. It's 1-800-848-9222 is the number, 1-800-848-9222. That's the More Money Hotline. We have one line open. Mr. Producer, who is our next caller? Our next caller is Ina from Manhattan. Ina, I think you sound like a first-time caller. Thanks for calling in. Yes, because sometimes I I didn't get in before, but I listen well, to you I'm every glad day. Well, I'm you got in this time. Every I'm really week. pleased. Yes, yes. Uh, what I want to say, I want to comment on Biden. Biden is is very a vicious man. I think he was mad because he didn't get into the White House before, and then right. he had tragedy in his family, the, the yes. wife that met accident. And the son um, died, and yes, now this right. guy, his son, is 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 a drug addict. So yes. he's doing everything to wreck the country. Everything he's doing to wreck the country doesn't care what happened to 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 anyone. And some of the mayor in some country, in some of the, the 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 city is is in with him because right. the Democrat they they. They're, they're not doing anything. They are just wrecking so the country. Let me, let, let me ask you a question, if I may, and then I have to turn go to our next caller. Uh, did you support Joe Biden t- in the last election? Never. From so I, would from, you support, I'm from Jamaica, would you, and I'm voting oh, is the Republican. Do you think, okay, you're from Jamaica. So do you think that the Republicans are racist? No, no, no. I want Trump to go back in. And I said, if Trump doesn't get back in the White House, I'm going back home. Because only him <laughs> wants to fix it. How long have you been here in the United States? Almost 60 years. I came here when I was, well. what, 19. Yes. Well, you're a great American. Thanks so much for and calling. And all my family. Awesome. 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 Okay. Thanks for calling in. We have two open lines right now. It's the more money hotline. Uh, I'm asking you whether you think uh, that Democrats in Washington really truly care about our country. Are they patriotic? And second of all, why are the big unions supporting Biden when Biden is destroying union jobs? I want to hear from folks. 1-800-848-9222. Mr. Producer, who is our next caller? Our next caller is Dom all the way from Minnesota. (laughs) <laughs> hey, Minnesota caller. Sir, what do you got for us? Yeah, Steve, you know, Joe Biden has already been saved because by, by China. So he's now trying to yes. save the planet and screw the rest of us. That's exactly what his plan is. He doesn't give a damn about union jobs or anything else. He pretended like he used to so that he can be in, the, in Congress for 50 years. Now that he's retiring, he's going to have to take care of his son. And China is doing his bidding. Yeah. 
Well, great call. Um, I mean, I, I am more and more as I hear about this whole Hunter Biden scandal and what how basically Biden seemed to be leveraging his political power to make money for himself and his son. Uh, if that is true, and we're finding more and more evidence that it is, I'm not going to rush to judgment here. But I'm telling you, folks, if these stories are true and the evidence that's crawling in seems to suggest or at least point to the fact that many of these stories are true, then to me, that is almost a treasonous um, uh, behavior by this president or when he was vice president or was senator to leverage your political power to make money and put America at risk. I think is outrageous. And I've never really truly believed that that was possible with Joe Biden, except I'm watching this evidence creep in and it's making me very suspicious. We need to investigate this, folks, because we cannot have people using their political power to undermine the national security and economic security of our country. Mr. Producer, who is our next caller? Our next caller is Gordon from Brooklyn. Gordon, thank you for calling in. Yes, uh, Steve, it's a pleasure to uh, speak to you. Uh, first, very brief comment. No, the Democrats hate the country. They don't like it at all. My why? question why has you, to do why? with... Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why do you think that is? Because they say build back better. That's their big slogan, which yeah. means we have to destroy the country and then try to build something else on the ruins But here's the thing. I mean, I want to press I want to press you on this because I think you're making an important point. You know, there's an old saying, you know, you got to burn down the village before you just rebuild it. (laughs) Excuse me. And I think that there's something to what you're saying that they here's my theory and I want your reaction to it. I think that they think America that we're a country that is responsible for a lot of the problems in the world. And therefore, we also we almost have to pay a penance for what we've done. When I think America has been the savior for the world, not the villain. What do you say? With you, 100%. I think that's yeah. true, absolutely true. Okay, so I interrupted you. What's your other point? We, we've run out of time, so very quickly, please. Okay, it's about education in the Chicago area, but it has yep. national implications. Okay. Many years ago, when I was in high school, and I'm a senior citizen now, The Chicago area had some of the greatest high schools in the country. Do you know that that I went to Nutria High School in Illinois? I was going to mention. Yeah. And that was when I was there 40 years ago or so. That was the top uh, college prep high school in the country, public or private. Now it's not even the top 50 in the state. And so you're right. I mean, what is happening to our schools and Chicago is a mess. I got to let you go here. But you are so right about what's happening. And not just Chicago, New York, Milwaukee. Uh, look what's happening in San Francisco, Oakland, uh, Baltimore, where, you know, you've got whole schools. You've got like 20 schools in Baltimore where none of the kids are reading or writing or doing math at grade level proficiency. This is child abuse, folks. We cannot allow this to go on. And then in Chicago, they elect as their mayor the chief lobbyists for the teachers unions when they are the enemy of the schools. The teachers unions are the ones who shut down our schools. Okay, I'm going to try to slide in one or two more very quick calls if we can, Mr. Producer. Who do we have next? Let's go to Georgette in New Jersey. Georgette. 
Hi. Thank you for taking oh. me. I'm yeah. so excited. Listen, I just want to make a comment. Um, I love America. We are the jewel of the world. We I are. Want the, I want the American citizen to just wake up and research and understand that Biden is corrupt, his family's yep. corrupt, and stop persecuting President Trump. You know, everybody has problems. I know. Everybody yep. isn't perfect. But that man, uh, my life was a lot better, and I think everyone's life was a I lot think so. better. Okay, so Georgette, Georgette, hold on, I want because I want to go back to this issue of loving America, because I do. I mean, you cut me, and I bleed red, white, and blue, and... Why is it, do you think that, and, and here's my theory. I think these kids are not learning American history. I don't think they understand the history of our country, the country, the greatness of our country, what we've gone through, that half a million Americans died to end slavery in this country. I don't think the kids know any of this. They're being taught to hate their own country. Can I comment? Yes. Okay. I think a lot of the problem is, and I agree with you 100%, but I think I'm, I'm older now, and my parents were true patriots. My dad served, yeah. and they taught us not only in school, and, and, and we had God in our family and yeah. in our lives. I think that yeah. the people today are not teaching the kids the proper things. I They're agree. Just, they've just gone at out of control, and it's, it's we've a got shame a we've that got a we are threatening our children. Yeah. George, that great call. We were just up against the hard limit. Folks, uh, it is a great country. I don't care what some of my liberal friends say. It is a great country. Get out and enjoy it. It's a beautiful afternoon. Uh, much of the uh, northeast of the country. And I'll be back same time next week on the More Money Show on WABC Talk Radio. Have a great weekend, everyone. This is new.